Greetings! Salutations! I'm Francis. And I'm Jordan, and welcome to the Podcast Diaries, a podcast where two friends dive deep into the world of nostalgia by rereading the Princess Diaries book series by Meg Cabot. So today is a lazy Sunday, November 1st. Um, by the time you're reading this, hopefully the world will no longer be in chaos. Um, and yeah. <laughs> um, so today's really exciting for us. We are finishing up book four. Did you just say by the time you're reading this? <laughs> I did. I say reading. <laughs> I think you did. Oh, well, <laughs> well hopefully you're reading along with it with yes. us. Uh, but by the time you're, time you're you listening to us, <laughs> um, we, yeah, the world will no longer be in chaos. But today is very, very exciting. Uh, we have a very special, special guest. Woo-hoo. named Helen. She is from Charleston. She has a bachelor's of science and marketing from Clemson and a master's of marketing research from the University of Georgia. Ooh. And she prefers to go by her street name, Hellcat. Yes. Today we are going to call her <laughs> Helen. And she is also my cousin who Woo-hoo. I have mentioned quite a few times. So welcome, Helen. Helen, I'm so happy to see you. Welcome, Hellcat, <laughs> to the pod. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. We are so excited for you to join us. All right, so let's start off with. Um, I did kind. I didn't. I didn't force Helen to be on this podcast, but because she is my cousin, there was kind of an obligation when I said, yes. "Hey, would you like to do this? <laughs> also, will you please read this book?" Um, so. Tell us how you found the book and how you felt, just how you felt about it when you were a kid and now. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I didn't have a ton of experience actually reading the books. Um, I saw the movies first. And nice. so I think the movie came out and I was like five or six. And so like, obviously a big Princess Mia fan, <laughs> big Anne Hathaway fan. Yes. <laughs> um, and like, I just remember... Um, you know, because I was like little, um, so whenever we had a babysitter come over, I would be like, oh, we'll watch like the real person movie. Like, so we'll watch Princess Diaries <laughs> instead of watching like Land Before Time or like some other anime. <laughs> the real movie. person. So like, They're cool. They'll want to watch a real person movie. That's funny. I really liked the book. Um, it was refreshing and kind of weird to read from the perspective of a 14 year old again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like it was frustrating, but I also got it at the same time. Like I could relate to her, and like some way still can. But uh, it was definitely a new, fresh take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Well, and I do have to mention that. So Jordan and I sent the first episode to a few close friends before we like released it to make sure people liked it. And Helen's like <laughs> very first note was like all caps to me. <laughs> Mia's dad isn't dead. <laughs> so yes, very, contrary yeah. to popular belief, <laughs> Philippe is very much alive. Yes. All right. Well, so let's um let's jump in to the synopsis and yeah. find out what else is different about the books and movies. So this is a synopsis of the section beginning Tuesday, January 20th, Gifted and Talented, all the way through to the end of book four, Princess in Waiting. 
While Mia struggles with jet lag, Lily is elated to be invited to a breakfast meeting with the producers of the movie of Mia's life. Grammaire pulls Mia out of school with a ruse that her father is sick, only for Mia to find out that it was actually to go shopping for a dress to wear to a ball. A ball that is set to take place during Mia's first official date with Michael. Prince Rene also shows up in New York to be Mia's escort to the ball. Mia and Tina realize the error of their ways in vowing to, quote, be like Jane Eyre and not chase boys, end quote, when Tina's boyfriend Dave dumps her for not returning his calls. Mia's convinced that Michael is going to dump her when she tells him that she has to cancel their first date. Mia's father tells Mia that she doesn't have to go to the ball, but Grandmere throws Mia for a loop when she expresses disappointment and sadness that Mia doesn't care that it's important to Grandmere to show her off at the ball. Mia decides to go, and when she tells Michael she needs to cancel their date, he's incredibly understanding. At the ball, Grandmere parades Renee and Mia around as a couple, but Renee helps Mia flee the ball early to meet Michael. On their date, Michael sets up a screening of Star Wars at his apartment, complete with veggie burgers. Mia gives Michael his birthday gift, moon rocks that she stole from the Genovian Palace Museum, and Michael confirms to Mia that he is in love with her. So that is the synopsis. Yes, the question that was on all of our minds. Does he love her or is he in love with her? Yes. And actually, Um, before we get onto central theme... I have three important things that I actually meant to mention beforehand. Um, Two comments. One, I was just (laughs) recording. (laughs) I was just editing, sorry, the previous recording. And it sounded creepy because I said Demi Dijuibe, I'm already following you. And I meant that on social media, just to clarify. (laughs) Oh, I knew you meant that. (laughs) I know, but I just want to say, everyone, (laughs) I am not stalking anyone. And we do not condone stalking on this podcast. We don't condone stalking. Um, (laughs) Unless it's just, like, digitally. (laughs) Right, yes. And with, And no one knows. You know, right, right, right. (laughs) Totally harmless. Number two, uh, Princess Faux Pas for me. Um, I confused... uh, with the cheetah girl so the cheetah girls and princess diaries two are connected and i couldn't remember mm. how i thought it was because shonda rhimes wrote both of them in fact it's because whitney houston produced both of those movies oh. so i'm just a ding dong equally amazing yes equally amazing and number Very three cool. when i was editing i realized jordan said do you not read the full book like once and then go back and do notes no Oh, <laughs> I mean, because I read them all like recently. Well, okay, oh, okay. that's sort of a lie. I listen to the audiobook and then I take notes as we read it. Okay, because you acted so impressed that I like read them all the way through and I was like, I feel like that's pretty normal. And then because like, well, I think read- I was impressed at the speed at which you read them. Oh, gotcha. It was about your speed reading abilities. I'm really, really impressive. Fast. I've won awards. Um, yes, anyway, many. okay. So those are my only three things that I meant to okay. talk about before we started. So cool, cool. Central those are themes great things. of this book. Yes. Uh, I think this this book we talked about last time is like not one of my faves. Um, but I think what you really see, especially in this last section, is all about balance. Mia is learning to balance her priorities and how to kind of live her royal life and live her life with her friends and her boyfriend. And I think kind of throughout the book, she really struggles with that. But then when she goes to the ball and gets to go on the date with Michael, I feel like there's a real sense in that 
that aspect of her understanding that like I can make this work like I can do both of these things and like it's gonna be okay and my boyfriend's in love with me and I did what Romare <laughs> wanted um and well, I think that's I, just kind of an important thing for her going yeah. forward and I think this also goes back to something we were talking about I think in the first book which was that like these princess lessons as great as they are they have yet to teach her about anything truly important when it comes to like actual real life princess (laughs) yeah Yeah. like real life princess responsibilities which Mm -hmm. like one of them would absolutely be balancing your life and I mean obviously she Mm -hmm. is 14 so that is something that like you're going to be learning as you go anyway when it comes to like how to do your homework and go to soccer practice and like have a social life and with yeah. hers it's an added like she's also a princess so she has to like fit in like going to a ball mm-hmm. every once in a blue um every so, once yeah. in a blue um and just while we're sidebarring here quickly the other day meg cabot did a q a with buzzfeed books and i took a few notes it was really really interesting she talked because this is this year is the 20th anniversary of princess diaries as oh, wow, yeah. And she had a lot of really cute things to say, like our similarities between them, like me and Meg are both hypochondriacs. And <sighs> this was really interesting. She said all the places that they go to eat that she includes in the book are were real then. Like, yeah, obviously, I we do Tavern on the Green. With- oh, really? Yeah. So oh, sorry. I mean, I don't always mention them because sometimes they're like have been closed for a while. But yeah, every time I always look them up for pop culture and mm-hmm. most of them are not like pop culture relevant. Tavern on the Green was has been in movies. That's the only reason I mentioned right. it. But most of them, yeah, are in a good, I would say about at least 85% of them are still open, though. Oh, she she said she thought most of them were closed, but she lives in Key West now. Um, another thing know. that was interesting is she said she was inspired to write the books because her dad passed away and her mom started dating her teacher. Oh, that's really sad. That's re- <laughs> I well, I knew her. I knew the teacher thing, but I didn't know her. Dad I didn't had know that. Away. I didn't either. It was very yeah. sad. Um, she also just talked a lot about how some of the events in Mia's life reflect events in her life. And one thing, just my last takeaway, was that. I thought it was really interesting. Somebody asked, the the host asked her, like, what do you think the most romantic thing Michael's ever done for Mia is? And I'm not going to uh, spoil it because it's a spoily. But the way she talked about it was like Michael was like a real person and she had just witnessed him do something. And not that she had written it herself. She was like, oh, I loved when Michael did that. It was so great. Like, Michael is so romantic. Aww. It was just interesting. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool. That's so cute. I love that. One other very important takeaway. Princess Diaries 3, the movie, is going to happen. Uh, And she's seen scripts for it. So this is officially when we begin our petition to star as ladies in waiting. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to be Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) That would be so crazy. Can you imagine? (laughs) Like, oh my God. That would be so, wild. We could see Meg, it way. We would love to be Julie Andrews, ladies in waiting. We don't have to say anything. We don't need our our union cards. We just want to be there. <laughs> we don't need we our just, sad cards. We just want to see it happen. <laughs> anyway, um, enough of that diversion. We can get back to being thoughts for plot. Yes, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Just thoughts, wanted thoughts, to. Thoughts, thoughts. Just wanted to tell everyone about that cute little event. Yeah.
the only reason I didn't watch because I was at work just FYI Jordan I mean we all work (laughs) I mean whatever you know what I'm saying I wanted to I wanted to watch but unfortunately I couldn't thankfully Jordan kept me up to date yes I am all over that all right so let's see we kick off the beginning of our section with Mia all of a sudden deciding she has no talent um so dramatic and she's yeah super dramatic she's so she has this really ridiculous quote on page 117 she says i do not know why michael even likes me i am so talentless and boring and uh i don't either (laughs) yeah which uh, i think perhaps this is the time to bring up i helen i did screenshot a text message and send it to jordan (laughs) Helen, upon reading this, and I asked her how it was going, said, why does Mia like Michael? And Not Jordan and nice. I love she loves him <laughs> what do you not okay. love about him? Yes, what do you not love about him? Well, like, I guess I don't have the background because I haven't read all the books, but like when I was first, obviously I read this book from start to finish, so like half of it she's in Genovia over like Christmas break but like I just wasn't getting any like personality out of him like he just seemed like a figment yeah, that she was like, like obsessing soap. over <laughs> yeah okay I I guess if you have if you read this book and you don't have a lot of reference because it is kind of Michael Light you it don't is, yeah. get a whole lot of why he's so great um but he's great. He is. <laughs> and yes. I am skeptical of why he likes Mia just because <laughs> she's so immature and self-conscious. Yeah. And it's... he seems relatively self-assured. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It, this is quite, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough that, yeah, this is kind of Michael Light. So it makes sense that, um, that they would, or that you would po- not really totally see exactly and I liked him as like he was more introduced and like obviously right. the last mm-hmm. you know chapter. The very of the sweet book. date. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. like I, I got it. But at first I was like, she doesn't even talk about like, I guess as a reader, like I wanted to like Michael in that way too, you know, mm-hmm. especially if I was a 14-year-old right. girl, you kind of want to like fall in love with the main character or like her main love interest as well. And I just wasn't getting that at first. And then I was like trying to picture him because she calls him like a dark haired Heath Ledger, but I was still trying to <laughs> picture him as like Michael from the movie. Yeah. And I got this like weird Beatles reference because that's what he kind of <laughs> looks like. Um but I mean I get it now. And he seems like he genuinely cares about her and like knows her very well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to see that like yeah she's like he's more practical right and I think that honestly what I'm starting to think more as as I read the books is I think Mia presents a little better outwardly than she probably does in her journal I mean her journal is a place for her deepest thoughts and people seem to like her and think she's relatively stable so I think that she probably (laughs) keeps a lot of these thoughts to herself (laughs) and yeah and And we've talked about that before too because like that she would be a pretty annoying friend if she was constantly just talking about how small her boobs were yeah um but in (laughs) but within uh gifted and talented when she's like why does Michael even like me blah blah Mm -hmm. blah blah Lily (laughs) it's apparently one of their cute little like friendship things is she was like what's wrong with you you look like you just ate a sob 
sock because mm-hmm. Louie, uh, Fat Louie, Fat had Louis. eaten a sock and blah, 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 blah. But Mia's like, I don't have a talent. Like, she's like whispering to her. She's like, oh my God, I don't have a talent. Like, why <laughs> did no one tell me this until now? I don't have a talent. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. And then Lily's like, no, you idiot. Like, yes, you do have a talent. Yeah. Um, and she's like, what? What is it? And Lily, being a jerk, is like, I'm not going to tell you. And she says, part of the journey of achieving self-actualization is that, oh, wait, I'm not doing my voice. Part of the journey of achieving self-actualization is that you have to reach it on your own without help or guidance from others. Otherwise, you won't feel as keen a sense of accomplishment, but it's staring you in the face. (laughs) That was very well done. (laughs) I like the Lily voice. Yeah. And it's, and then she looks around. She's like, well, no one's staring at me. Uh, (laughs) She she takes it very literally. And she just, you know, it's like we've talked about before with her just getting in her own way and like wanting, she's just kind of martyrs herself all the time. And (laughs) there's this really obnoxious quote on page 119 she says knowing michael loves me or at least really likes me just makes it all worse because his incredible talentedness makes the fact that i'm not good at anything even more obvious so she's like well now that i have this man who loves me it's even harder (laughs) and it's i just find that terribly obnoxious i guess i wonder if i i think i can understand what she's saying though because that would be it would be kind probably of feels very inferior yeah it mm-hmm. would be hard to be in a relationship with someone I mean that I mean obviously they're 14 they're in high school like we don't know it's gonna go the distance right. no spoilers but <laughs> there is a royal wedding one um uh we don't know who the who the groom is no, um we don't know who the bride is we don't know who the bride is <laughs> um <laughs> uh I really don't because I haven't read it, but it would be, (laughs) it would be quite daunting to be in a relationship with someone. He's very accomplished for someone so young. Yeah. And and that only gets exponentially more so. Right. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, he's on to bigger and better things and then he really does achieve them. So I can see how that, that would be a worry. Yeah. I just still think it's annoying. It's <laughs> it absolutely annoying, but I can t- I I do understand why it's there. Yeah, but, and, but the way she the way she expresses it is annoying because she's yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Yeah, <laughs> and through kind of throughout the rest of the book, she's like, maybe this is my talent, and she's like yeah. asking people. Mister G says he thinks it's her interesting fashion choices. (laughs) And then she asks if it's, if that she's indomitable or indomitable. Uh, But yeah, no, it's none of those things, but we'll save it for the end. Yes. we. The big reveal of the talent. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's super jet lagged. She ends up falling asleep for 15 hours. Uh, And there's that funny thing that she mentions about that DJ who stayed up for 11 days straight and like only played Phil Collins. Wonder if that's real. Once he started playing only Phil Collins, that's when they knew he <laughs> needed. They, they called like, the like ambulance or something. Yeah. Oops. Um. So I she get to say that sounds like a real nightmare being anywhere <laughs> where there's a DJ. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love a good DJ? Um. So then the next day, on her way to school with Michael and Lily, Lily says that she has a meeting. A breakfast meeting, not just a meeting, mm-hmm. a breakfast meeting with the producers of Mia's movie, um, which I think is hilarious. That, she's that is so, really funny. She's like this 14-year-old who's just making moves. She's moving and shaking. 
Well, and especially that they were like, yeah, we can meet this 15-year-old without her parents or a legal representative. That's totally sound. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, I obviously I work in set decoration, not producing. So who am I to say that that isn't exactly how that goes? We should test it. We should should write a letter as 15-year-olds to a production company and see if they'll invite us to a breakfast meeting. Oh, yeah. They totally will. Definitely. <laughs> Producers are known for being super nice. <laughs> Especially when you probably wrote them a very nasty letter. Yeah. Explaining why your part was like so drastically wrong. Full yes. of like ridiculous thesaurus words. <laughs> well, and yeah. Helen, do you think, I mean, how do you feel about it? Because I, uh, we don't get as much of Lily's nastiness in this book, but mm-hmm. do you think that I, we both say that Lily in the movie is super nice and awesome. Compared, compared to the yeah. book Lily. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. I think Lily is just kind of stuck in her own world a little bit. And like Mia just sort of orbits in and out. And then like, but she has a lot of influence and opinions on Mia's life, which probably are unfounded at this point. Well Especially said. like, you know, straddling like being a princess and being a high schooler, which are two both impossible things right. <laughs> like both challenging right yeah I agree Helen's I think, so much younger than us so she is much better at remembering what high yes. school is um, she's a she's has much youth yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, like when I was reading the books like the whole time I was just constantly being like like struggling with Mia because she was like very ungrateful for everything she had in her life Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yes. being yeah. like when I was fourteen, like literally everything was the end of the world. Oh like, yeah, same. Like I was... so, I was just like, I get it. So like, I, it was like a love hate relationship with like how she was acting, which I'm sure you feel. As well. Yes, <laughs> totally. I remember being ridiculous, like Mia, about like Ugh, my life is over. Why is my <laughs> life so hard? I don't remember you being overly dramatic, but I think well, in we my head both. I was oh, just okay. like Mia's journal. <laughs> But I tried to not present like a crazy person. Well, then there we go. Outwardly, yes, you were totally we go. fine. <laughs> We've cracked it. We've solved it. We but yeah, so when when Grand Mare comes to pick up Mia from school. <laughs> Which is great. Truly the most Psycho. fucked up thing <laughs> that so she crazy. could possibly do mm-hmm. is that she insinuates that Philippe's cancer has returned. Yes, and we know that he had testicular cancer, causing one of his testicles to be removed. Yes, ooh, gross. We can't say the word testicle. Yeah, Can you bleep imagine? that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that advanced. <laughs> Just say beep over it. <laughs> beep! <laughs> okay, we'll do, yes. Um, but yeah, so... I mean, and even Principal Gupta is like, it's like, Mia, just go home, be there for your father. It'll be fine. Don't worry about any of your schoolwork. Like, everything's okay. And Mia's, like, on the verge of tears. She's like, Grandmare, just tell me I can take it. Like, mm-hmm. she's trying to be super mature. And she's like, just tell me I can take it. I know I can take it. It's fine. And Grandma's like, like, she basically is like, shut up. Like, it's yeah. fine. We're just taking it. We're taking a personal day. Yeah. <laughs> So they go to Chanel mm. instead of like the cancer treatment center because <laughs> cancer is not returned. <laughs> yeah. uh, they go to Chanel and that's where we find out that um, Grammaire has asked Helen, that was why she called the other night, 
Helen has given Grandmere permission to take Mia to this ball on Friday night at the Contessa Trevani's. And Mia is like, I can't, I can't. I have my first yeah. day with Michael. I can't cancel it. Um, and Grandmere, reasonably so, is like, well, Michael will understand. And of course, Mia's like, no, you won't. Um, and this was really sneaky of Meg, though, because both of us were like, why didn't Mia just ask her immediately? And then she like didn't have time and then she had jet lag. And then right. I really liked that. Yeah, um, it was it made sense as to why they didn't talk about yeah. it. So the reveal is quite nice that she's like in a Chanel freaking out. And like also I just imagine her like in the most expensive dress I could possibly imagine mm-hmm. and just being <laughs> like a grandmare no <laughs> <laughs> you can't make me go um and there's this qu- this quote that I like um she says uh, she can't go blah 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 as that is the night Michael and I are supposed to have our first date she responded by giving me a big lecture about how a princess's first duty is to her people her heart grandmare says must always come second and I kind of like that quote because I think it really highlights uh you know her getting pulled in two different directions and having to make pretty big sacrifices just because she's a princess and even though she didn't ask to be a princess like she is and her in theory you know your people come first and you're supposed yeah. to do these royal things before you go see star wars with your boyfriend <laughs> this is yeah. what it is well and also presumably i don't know how she doesn't understand that uh when you become a princess things like that will be brought to you yeah, <laughs> like exactly. like you would have so much more time to like you could your life would be so much better because you're a princess and like right. people will do things for you and you can like have a movie date in a castle or whatever instead. <laughs> like you'll be fine mm-hmm. um but yeah so grandma our well mia obviously is like getting fitted for a dress and she's like trying to figure out how to get out of going to this ball Mm -hmm. but she now has another thing on her plate which is that she has to hide from Michael that she has to go to this ball (laughs) and but also is trying to get out of this ball so she can't mention it to anyone and like Mm -hmm. she's just freaking out but one of my favorite things is like she gets back to school and she's in GNT and um and she's like everyone knew grandmare had been there she is conspicuous she is as conspicuous as Cher (laughs) I don't I mean it's timeless reference everyone knows who Cher is she's amazing she's flawless Um, and at that point with the like chinchilla cape I was picturing grandmare's (laughs) Cruella de Vil especially with the little like Rommel poodle thing yes I was just getting major Cruella de Vil vibes that is astute I think, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think there I, she has major Cruella Deville vibes um that absolutely makes sense yeah and me and Michael are super worried that you know something's really wrong and of course she's not Our telling them li- what's Lily. wrong I'm what so I sorry you said me <laughs> god I'm sorry I don't know why I <laughs> I have such a problem with this Lily and Michael are worried. <laughs> Mia won't tell them the truth, so she just makes it all worse. Um, and she Mia is very worried too. Also, to be right, <laughs> she's um. worried in a different way. Yes. Michael and Lily are worried that her dad is dying. Um, but Mia sneaks off at lunch to call her mom and is like, "Why didn't you tell me that you told Grammar I could go this ball?" Blah 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 blah. And Helen totally dunks on her by being like, "Well, I'm surprised you're upset." <laughs> Uh, when you said you didn't want to chase boys, I would think this would be a good thing for you. <laughs> um, 
and Mia's like that's not what it means um but yeah like what like this is a totally different type of situation exactly. mom like no it's exactly the same <laughs> yeah like, this is actually a perfect opportunity to do exactly what you wanted to do mm-hmm. which was Helen's point Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she says she'll talk to Philippe, but Mia's not, her hopes aren't high for that. She says, my dad has never in his life forsaken duty for love. He is full on Princess Margaret that way. And um, I guess, that you know, that's true. He sort of gave up his family in a sense yeah. to, to be the prince. And I mean, there was a lot that played into that, but still, she, yeah. she her hopes are low <laughs> for <laughs> any of her plans changing. But, of course, she just makes it worse by not telling anyone what's going on. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's a theme we see throughout every book, and it's just communication (laughs) is key. Mm -hmm. Communication, like, which uh, she's just lacking entirely. Like, she's so good at, like, telling us us how she feels to, like, the last degree. But then, God forbid, she tells an actual person and just, like, which would resolve everything if she was just like, oh, my God, this sucks, Michael. Like, apparently my mom said I could go to this ball like I don't know and then I mean what we do see later well it's we'll talk about it later but it like as soon as she starts opening up everything turns out to be fine it's fine yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) even though she questions it um so yeah so they're beginning to realize their Jane Eyre plan wasn't wasn't the way to go and uh because Tina they skip French, I think, to yes. console Tina, who's crying in the stairwell that Dave dumped her because she didn't return his calls and he's taking some other girl to, like, WrestleMania or whatever. <laughs> to um, a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. No, let's and, say um, WrestleMania. That's way better. And so then that compounds Mia not wanting to tell Michael because she's like, well, I can't tell him now after what happened with Tina. Um, oh, the girl's she- name is Jasmine. Yes, and she has turquoise braces, right? Don't they say that? Oh, I don't know. Or am I making that up? Well, I don't whatever. know. I like no. Let's go with it. She has turquoise braces in her name. <laughs> um, and um, I think that this, uh, I feel so bad for Tina, and she like wants to give up her romance novels, and it's sad. So it's sad. Very sad. She's very upset. I mean, and obviously she's upset because yeah. her boyfriend who was a kind of a jerk but she still liked him a lot cargo is, shorts dave mm-hmm, cargo short romeo um <laughs> <laughs> uh it's yeah i guess I, I guess that makes sense i mean when you're 14 it it would make sense to be like no these this is what happened i followed a romance novel's instructions and like i got totally fucked like i'm never <laughs> exactly. reading a romance novel again <laughs> blanket statement blanket yeah. statement yeah well, so then, you know, Mia goes in a panic, but she thinks she has a solution to her problem when she's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. I can get Michael to escort me to the ball. But that doesn't work out because Grammaire has invited Renee to town to take her to the ball. Um, that is a really good plan, though. I was actually. It was a good I, plan. I couldn't remember most of this. I, I, whatever. I couldn't remember a lot of this book, but like it like came back to me as I was reading, mm-hmm. obviously. But I like when I when she said that, I was like, "Ooh, smart. That's a yeah. really good decision." I was like, "What? Well, I don't remember if Michael goes to a ball." Yeah, <laughs> um, it was a good yeah. thought. Yeah. Um, but, and this just, there's this funny quote when she's talking about dates to balls, she says, still, what about all those debutantes? Weren't they bringing dates? Wasn't that what West Point Military Academy was for? Providing <laughs> dates to debutante balls? <laughs> I thought that was funny because it's very, uh, 
a very Mia thing to say. Which I wonder, because uh, down here, Helen will know. I mean, you've been to a couple of dubs, um, as I have as well. I, I guess, is that would that be like the Citadel down here? I feel like <laughs> yes. there's yes, at least... Probably. <laughs> I've never been to so. a debutante ball. I wish she pursued it a little harder, though. Like, I feel like <laughs> she should have like addressed grand mayor and just been like hey like i didn't ask renee to be here but i'm gonna ask michael to be here yeah uh yeah that probably wouldn't have gone over too well for her but i agree i think that she she's not she doesn't like renee she's not happy that he's there she doesn't want anything to do with him and grand mayor's like well too bad (laughs) like this is the way it is which is it's just a weird situation you know he's older and related to them I don't know I just think which yeah I and I think it is a bit it might be I think it is a bit like they they're related from probably like the 1800s which technically right now would be kind of fine for them to have children together um but one of his one of his four names is Grimaldi what is their last name? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Ronaldo is their last one, but Grimaldi is in there, I think. Grimaldi. That's one of is, them. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I wonder. We, we need a family. Meg, could you, would you mind just like making a family tree yeah, for us? Yeah, Meg, could you DM us a family tree so we can sick. know how related <laughs> they are? Yeah. Um, well, and you know, Mia does put up a little bit of a fit about it. And Grammaire makes an interesting point because Mia's like, you just want to you know, you just hate Michael. And Grandmere's like, I don't hate Michael. I just think she basically is like, I just think you need to be realistic about your choice of life partner. And it's, she's not totally wrong. Cause I mean, they're headed in very opposite directions. You know, Michael's a genius kid going to Columbia and Mia is number one in high school. And number two, go, about to move to Genovia to govern it. <laughs> yeah and you know it's it's a fair point I think it is yeah I think it's definitely a fair point I I think it would be a more fair point if Mia was exiting high school yeah instead of closer to actually yeah choosing a partner (laughs) yeah because she's so far removed from when she will have to ascend the throne that like just let her have some fun you know Mm -hmm. like let her just have this boy who you know it doesn't really mean anything because she's 14 and blah 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 blah. like and then once she gets to college then you can start controlling who she's dating you know like that's fine whatever but yeah like high school just let her have it who cares (laughs) let her have it but I think you're absolutely right like that she it probably is good though for Mia to start thinking now yeah about the actual future right so i think that's kind of her point where she's Mm -hmm. like i'm just showing you that like some suitors are going to make your life easier than others Mm -hmm. um but anyway you know mia's all in a freaking tizzy about the whole thing and helen gives her some good advice to cat on the roof him (laughs) have y'all heard is this an expression have you ever heard this before or is this made up by me i i think i the only time i've heard it is in this book Okay. I've never I mean, heard it before. It's a solid, it's good advice how she says, you know, just like give him an idea. You might not be able to make it. So you can like let him down gently. 
But Mia like takes it all very literally when Helen tells the story about, oh, if I told you there was a cat on the roof and she's like, well, Michael doesn't have a cat. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) moments like this are infuriating. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like Mia, just shut up and listen Mm -hmm. for five minutes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, yeah, it's about the point. The point is not about the cat. (laughs) It's about not being able to go to the event. Um, but yeah. And, you know, Helen's like, Michael's not going to dump you because you can't go. And, you know, as everyone's told her, but Mia's like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And then he IMs her and gives her literally cat on the roofs himself in a sense. And she still is like, no, it's fine. I can make it. That's fine. I think, um, (laughs) Helen, are you, I don't think, did you ever IM people? I think that was before me. (laughs) <laughs> we are was how old are you now 25 24 she's 24 I also would like to note for the record that uh when I turned 24 both Helen and her younger sister asked me how it felt to be so old <laughs> <laughs> oh shit how does, so Helen, feel, how does Helen? it feel to be so old how's your back <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've I've taken three Advil today so far. Um, <laughs> Are those AARP checks coming in yet? <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, okay. So you don't remember IMing or anything? But I, God, I, I do. Don't, but I like thought it was so funny when she was IMing Tina, and she was like, "Her font's blue. She must <laughs> yes. be so upset." And I was like, "She was using a blue works? font." <laughs> yeah, like, she's like thinking she's like typing to tina sorry i'm jumping ahead but then like she's like tina's so upset and tina literally just said how are you yeah <laughs> like you reading into things here or Aww. like uh yeah i think that tina is always just so bubbly it's like if her im doesn't contain 16 exclamation points it's like something's, something's wrong. wrong yeah and a blue font i remember you could put yours in comic sans i always had my aim in comic sans that's hilarious <laughs> the I worst font the worst font <laughs> had the worst but it's not a good font wingdings for, is probably like, the worst kindergarten I guess. classes empty um, curls mm. <laughs> yes empty curls so fresh Perfect for a first grade classroom. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Oh, then there's the thing about the Queen Amidala panties and they realize that their laundry got stolen. Yes. Um, that's funny. Which is a little horrifying. Well, okay. So I guess well, it's resolved later. We found out where their laundry was. But Mia has a very immediate reaction of thinking that. Um, yeah. <coughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. I was so excited to make <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> Laundry of thievery is a big topic for Francis. Um, yes, uh, but uh, she thinks that a, a reporter stole them. It's That's horrifying. Really it's really yeah. gross, and she's and and it's not. She's not saying it in like a. She's saying it in a very matter of fact, not dramatic way. She's like, oh yeah, like well, reporters come in and go through our garbage all the time, which our landlord hates or whatever the person mm-hmm. who owns the building um or super hates and. Like, it's so, that is so creepy. And there are certain things, like, I guess this is just another thing on the list that Mia just kind of glosses over, yeah. where it's absolutely not acceptable. <laughs> but yeah. she's like, she's like, oh, well, I guess I have my underwear. <laughs> guess it's going to be in the post next week. It was a yeah. funny line that she said, oh, I didn't write it down. Oh. The, like, presumed headline for oh, what, yeah. oh, oh, it's, um. <laughs> The presumed headline, out of the closet, what Princess Mia wears and what it means, according to our experts. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they would say about Queen Amidala panties. 
it'll probably be like yeah that checks out she's 14 yeah like like, star wars makes sense it's 2003 Um, yeah and also just something i wanted to note quickly is throughout the books there's this subplot of their french teacher and i think their health teacher Mm -hmm. like becoming a couple uh and i think they get married because i think later they start calling her madame wheaton uh, Ooh, which really? means like married like mrs yeah um yeah but anyway i just think well that's helen funny. took french say it oh, say it like I a right? french person <laughs> i'll pass no helen <laughs> i'll pass i'll pass as french for married woman <laughs> so anyway i just I think it's like... funny that you get those like mentions of those characters who are like flirting and then they go on a date and that is really funny we had a we had a a dating teacher couple uh when we were in high school um it was a spanish teacher and my soccer coach who was also the government teacher oh yeah yeah yeah. i did i, I think, think there were a few yeah there were well yeah i know i always <laughs> think about like and now i want to now that as an adult because we're the age most a lot of our teachers were i want to yeah. like i'm so like oh my god <laughs> like what were they up to <laughs> some, of them, some of them are still together oh only some of them well Oh, you mean like, sorry, I thought I know like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it's weird when you grow up and you realize like, oh, teachers are like real people. Yeah, like I have realize. friends who are teachers. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <yeah>. Weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, but anyway, anyway, yeah, that is a cute little subplot. So cute. And speaking of cute, they convince Tina to not give up on romance by giving her a list of romantic heroines and valuable lessons each taught us yeah uh, and it's I won't go through it like it's kind of long but um basically they they convince her that it would be silly to give up on romance just because one stupid boy didn't see how valuable she was yeah exactly so and nice. they have some really good heroines on there they I do like, yeah literarily fabulous um another kind of subplot that feeds into Mia's oh, I'm such a talentless freak plot is Shamika tries out for the cheer squad Mm -hmm. and gets it. And she's only allowed to try out because George W. Bush was a cheerleader. (laughs) That was so funny. I laughed so hard at that. Yeah. And then, so Shamika gets it. And also they're very positive when she, because Shamika like announces it and they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, okay. Oh, Lana says to Mia after Shamika gets on the squad she says don't think just because your little friend made the squad that anything is going to change between us Mia she's as much of a pathetic geek at as you are they only uh, they only let her on the squad to fill our freak quota (laughs) Jesus right that's visceral (laughs) yeah that's real mean uh Lana sucks but, but also that doesn't make sense because I bet she, like she said Shamika's super athletic. So I would Yeah, and she's pretty dead. and like everybody yeah. likes her. Uh she fit she'll fit right in. Yeah, so Lana's uh, but, just being a dick. Yeah. And now she's like, well, now I'm really the only one without any talent. Which is again so dumb. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. good news. Philippe says Mia doesn't have to go to the ball. And the parking meter agenda passed <laughs> oh yay i forgot that was, that. I forgot that was something we had to address that yeah is, that actually is very exciting for me um yes. especially her first like, win as yeah a, her first win ruler that, 
yeah, hopefully that makes her look good in the future because I truly have no recollection of any other Genovian situation. So, oh, there are several. Ex- the snails is a big one in uh, book six, I think. Ooh, okay. Excited. Get excited. There's yeah. snail drama. Very excited. Um, but Philippe's like, this is stupid. Like, there's no feud between Grammaire and the Contessa. Like, she just wanted to show you off at the ball. doesn't matter. Like, go on your date. And Mia is elated. Um, and there's a funny quote about, because, you know, Grammaire's thing is is to, like, because she thinks that she wants to show up the Contessa, basically. And yeah. she, uh, Mia writes, apparently the Contessa's only granddaughter will also be at the ball, but she's never had a movie based on her life. And, in mm-hmm. fact, is kind of a sad sack who got kicked out of finishing school for never learning how to ski right or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean and weird um that is so strange but I think the most strange thing is that there are still finishing schools uh, what even is that what does that mean like where you learn to use different forks yeah but finishing schools stopped being a thing like Jackie O went to a finishing school um to like a really famous one that's still open but that was in the 50s I guess um or earlier or earlier yeah I'm googling finishing school but yeah like you basically just learn etiquette and like mm-hmm. how to be like a high a, a powerful man's wife <laughs> this is wikipedia's definition Ooh. a finishing school is a school for young women that focuses on teaching social graces and upper class cultural rights as a preparation for entry into society yeah well that's like cotillion now like how yeah yeah but they taught us these like outdated dances and like the foxtrot is not outdated (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't love to foxtrot did they teach you how to respect people of all races or no definitely not (laughs) didn't come up (laughs) yeah cotillion's dated and sucks um I actually, this is so random. I, when I was working at a school, there was a student there whose mom was actively engaged in like, I think boycotting cotillions or something because there was something like very racist that happened. And I thought that was really cool that she was like taking a stand against the the racist cotillions. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. For her. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway. I think yeah anyway yeah um yeah that's random that she was at a finishing school but I guess yeah. that tracks that she would have been uh, kicked out for not learning how to ski right yeah. um but yeah grandmare is so fucking dramatic um yes yeah, she puts on this big show of how upset she is <laughs> she's like not wearing any of her real clothes she has like um a cashmere blanket over yeah. her lap and um how casual yeah, like super casual. And like she has all of her, um, she has like purple scarves over the lamps and she's not even drinking a sidecar or smoking a cigarette. Yeah. So Mia's like, oh my God, Grimmera, are you okay? She's like, do you need me to call a doctor? And Grimmera says, no doctor can cure what is wrong with me. I'm only suffering from the mortification of having a granddaughter who doesn't love me. <laughs> so dramatic and speaking of dramatic <laughs> mia when she's in looking at grammar and wondering what's wrong with her she says i thought there was something genuinely wrong like her uterus had fallen out in the shower or something this happened to one of the women in the condo community down in boca where lily and michael's grandmother lives also it happens a lot to the cows in all creatures great and small <laughs> so 
typical Mia jumps to a pretty outrageous conclusion, like Grummer's uterus has fallen out and she's simply sitting on the couch in the dark thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I This really brought me back to like, so Helen and I get, are in a family that like does cotillion and debutantes. Helen and I did not dub, uh, but our she's grandmother not saying dab she's saying deb, they uh, deb we did not regularly. come out we didn't have a debutante <laughs> party yeah we also don't dab uh <gasps> i mean i'll speak for myself hellcat is wild um just kidding she's employed with like a real person so like she doesn't do that helen's a square um <laughs> Can confirm. Square. an l7 weenie but i think like helen like speak for yourself as well but i I don't remember it ever being that big of a deal to like not want to go to one of these things. You know what I mean? Or for us anyway. I mean, I don't think so, but also like, sorry, while we're talking, I'm literally staring at a picture of my grandmother that's in the background of your Oh yeah. Show. <laughs> There's Franny. <laughs> like I can oh. literally see my grandmother right now, which is kind of weird, but like I never felt like my grandmother didn't act in my best interest or like mm. try to manipulate me and it really <laughs> annoyed me like you know yeah oh, that's yeah. a good so, point like, <laughs> you were annoyed that Mia is being manipulated sorry <laughs> not that you were not <laughs> manipulated by your grandmother yeah like obviously like none of us like ever had to be like no I don't want to do it and like our grandmother was like well you have to do this like this is a rite of passage like you're going to disappoint the entire family and cause an international right. incident like it's so I funny mean, that grandma yeah. thinks me is dramatic because she's the same <laughs> way <laughs> yeah and I mean to be fair we we are not princesses right um, so it it wouldn't have been or it wasn't a big deal that we didn't um yeah but also, yeah, it, it is. It didn't sound like it was Mia's Deb. It sounded like she was attending other people's, you know? Yeah. It's not like so a. It wasn't it, about her. Anyway. It's not a Deb. It's just a right. ball. But like, that's the closest yeah. we have to equate to it. But uh, yeah, it was. It's literally just a party that this woman is throwing. And Grandmare wanted Mia to show up because she knows Mia's cute. Yeah. And she can pretend like Mia's dating Renee, who's like an eligible bachelor. Well, but you do sort of find out that Grandmare feels very competitive with this woman and wants to like show Mia off as like a poised, lovely woman. Um, and I don't know, it seems like I, I, even though Grandmare is obviously being very dramatic, I feel like it is a little bit deep in the sense that it's really important to her that like this woman she's constantly in competition with sees like her successful granddaughter, um, yeah. which in a sense is nice, <laughs> like in a way, <laughs> in a way. Yes. Um, it shows but that she does want to show Mia off and isn't like, no, 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 you're not ready. <laughs> well, but also this could absolutely have been resolved. I bet you if Grandmare was like, listen, Mia, this bitch has mm -hmm. been ruining my life for 45 years. Like, can you please just mm -hmm. do this thing for me? I promise I'll like, I'll let you get out of princess lessons for a week if you just go to this ball yeah. and do this thing. And Mia would have been like, Ugh, fine, grandmare. 
And yeah. like also probably would have been on board. I mean, like, all right, let's get her. This is your Lana Weinberger, Weinberger, Weinberger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, let's do this. But because right. no one in this family knows how to communicate. Mm-hmm. That's also not Grummer's bag. Her her th- her deal is not no compromise. Yeah. It's manipulation. Yeah. But it does it does kind of open Mia's eyes to like this isn't about breaking up Michael and me. Like it's not about even Mia. It's about Grummer. Yeah. Um. And so she agrees. She's like, oh, fine, I'll go. And she, like, (laughs) mentally prepares for Michael to break up with her. Um, And she kind of has a moment where she's like, oh, I'm so crazy. He's not going to break up with me. And then, of course, reverts right back to, like, but what if he does? Yeah, she keeps on going back and forth, which actually I really like um, because I I think we get on – I don't know. I I don't totally remember, but I – I, I think like we're seeing the beginnings of Mia um, really having anxiety and having like not necessarily severe anxiety, but she definitely has anxiety mm-hmm. g- like a, in a general form. And we start to see it budding and it is kind of nice to see this person who it's nice to see her like working through it right. and to normalize it and mm-hmm. to not have it be some like, like weird dark thing like about her like no she kind of she not not embraces it I don't know if I want to say that but she doesn't like shy away from she's like this is crazy and like I have to like this is like I'm going crazy right now like I'm not like I can't stop thinking about this and having like thoughts thought spirals and like she's arguing with herself like you said she's like he's gonna break up with me he's totally gonna break up with me so he's not gonna break up with me that's crazy he's definitely gonna break up with me Mm -hmm. um so I don't know I like that and I I know later on we do have her going to therapy I won't say much more about mm-hmm. it but I yeah. do I like that they are going to I guess there's kind of a build-up to mm-hmm. why she needs to go well, and I feel like that's embrace. typical especially for a young person oh certainly um, I mean I loved my therapist if you're not in therapy why aren't you like everyone should be yeah. um but anyway so Mia tells Michael, and he doesn't break up with her. What a shock. Uh, He's really nice about it. He's like, I totally understand. Duty comes first. Like, we'll go another time. And um, there's this, my favorite quote in probably the whole book. She says, I'm sure if Michael's grandmother had been all, Michael, you've got to go to bingo with me Friday night because Olga Krakowski, my childhood rival, will be there. And I want to show you off. He'd have been all, sorry, Graham, no can do. (laughs) And I think that is so funny. You know, she's just been like, she's told her boyfriend she can't make their date. And he said, it's cool. And then she's on and on again about, well, if if someone else was in this situation, they wouldn't be such a spineless weasel like me. Um, And she's just insane. (laughs) Like, Sorry, Graham, no can do. Michael doesn't even talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just what, you know, it's just such a funny right it's such funny writing it is Um, meg's funny she's she's super funny funny. she's so funny um and i i loved watching the buzzfeed books interview with her because she's so like personable and bubbly i always sort of imagine writers to be like a little snotty yeah (laughs) Yeah, or like yeah yeah, or very like oh i only read leather-bound books or you know whatever (laughs) (laughs) but she's very like fun and easy to talk to and i like that about her but anyway uh, so she goes to the ball and is convinced that Michael's going to break up with her because of it. Uh, and there's that whole thing about, I'm in the bathroom again. Again. <laughs> yet again. Did she say yet bathroom. again? 
I think so. Like, um, ag- I guess at yeah. least she is. Um, oh, wait, here it is. Acknowledging yep. it in the bathroom. In the bathroom once again, where I always seem to end up at dances. Yeah, it's Which, funny that she acknowledges. I feel it. like if she just spent five minutes, like those kind of parties are fun yeah like you can have fun and like yeah. she's allowed to drink at them so like hello yeah. a 14 year old wouldn't be excited yeah uh do, wait she's allowed to drink at them yes oh Grand yeah Mayor Mayor asks, says go get us yeah. some champagne <laughs> like, to renee who's also underage um oh yeah that's well, only in america probably. Yeah, only, yeah, only in the u.s yeah and he's italian so like see si. yeah see si. <laughs> um and so I think he gets a shout out at this like ball scene. Like yes. he does a solid. Like you know he is nice to her. He helps her out. Mm-hmm. Am I jumping the gun here? No, no, no. <laughs> no. I was I was about to say he he is really cool in this scene. Grandmere's parading them as a couple, and um, they're both kind of not. They're not into it. Like I don't think Renee's into it either. No, I mean because that cramps his style. It harshens his mellow. It squashes his game like <laughs> he can't make out with any hilton sisters you're if right he if, if he's supposed to be the princess's boyfriend yeah um but yeah he helps her out when they're dancing together and the reason they're dancing together is because grammar blackmails mia because she knows that mia stole the moon rocks from the palace museum and well, she obviously was waiting for the perfect moment to bring yes. it up and use it against her since she's clearly known like i'm sure there were cameras that like caught her doing there it were. of course um, there were because he's like, an idiot and she's sweet. like no one's gonna notice <laughs> yeah uh so she stole the moon rocks which grandmere say- says came from dick nixon <laughs> yes tricky dick. despite all his later troubles <laughs> yeah um but anyway yeah so she's like well maybe I'll keep my mouth shut if you go dance with Renee and so Renee kind of asks her like what's the deal why do you hate this why do you hate me and she explains you know she's in love with her boyfriend blah 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 and he helps her leave uh by telling Grandmere that like she got sick or something I feel like this is another example though that we can find of um who was oh shit what was her other cousin's name Sebastiano Sebastiano sorry (laughs) well so she comes into these relationships which like I don't know you I have we have so many cousins like we're obsessed with each other we have a group snapchat like (laughs) (laughs) we we literally talk probably I mean technically every day like we I love hanging out with my cousins I guess Mia doesn't have that many cousins she didn't grow up like that she didn't she she didn't grow up with her cousins but like I would think that like it would be exciting, but she always comes into these relationships with like this, this negative attitude idea that everyone's like a freak and against yeah. her. Yeah, because it seems like Renee, even when we're meant to be like, oh, he stole her scepter to sing Enrique Iglesias. That's funny. Maybe mm-hmm. he was trying to be fun. Like, yeah, he thought like y'all could bond. That's a good point. Mia, mm-hmm. You know, and so I think. I think I don't know. I really like Renee, and I feel bad that uh, that Mia's kind of a jerk to him. And now they're yeah. now they get along, or well, whatever. They have like a well. Once someone does something for her, she's like, "Oh, I guess you're cool." I guess you're like the okay. dress with Sebastiano. Exactly. But don't yeah. you think Grandmere has like this total double standard with Renee and 
like versus Mia like absolutely absolutely. I was just like appalled by like all the basically international incidents he caused with his Mm -hmm. love life yeah and she's like isn't he lovely (laughs) (laughs) yeah but something important happens here in this scene where Mia tells Renee to go dance with Bella who is the Contessa's granddaughter and Renee's like (laughs) and she's like just go do it and he does and Bella's thrilled but this comes back later in later books um is it in a book I haven't read yet I think it's book nine okay then I have read it because I felt like that was a thing yeah obviously no spoilers but that's exciting pretty sure it's book nine Okay. Um, so that, but I thought I didn't remember that from this book. And when I read that, I was like, oh my God. Um, it, well, no, it was just too, it was too like, it was too much of a thing of her being yeah. like, go, go ask her to dance. And mm-hmm. he's like, what? And then he's like, fine, Ew, I'll do no. it. Yeah. <laughs> fine. Um, so that, yeah, that comes But it back also later. says she's dressed kind of sexy because Mia's talking about her dress being well, like a if you can't black ski, number. you have to have other skills. True. So. That's a <laughs> if you can't know. ski, you have to dress sexy. <laughs> Everyone knows this. Well, because it's um, a dress that like Mia's like, I. it's a kind of dress that I would want to wear to prom. And like, we already know that she wants to dress sexy. Yeah. So I'm assuming there's some like cleavage or at least some like A slit. Bodice. She talks about like a slit up the side in book three, yeah. I think. Who doesn't love a good slit? It sounds weird. <laughs> I mean, in clothing. Oh my goodness. So okay. anyway, yes. agreed though, Helen. Renee is a, like, he's cool in this scene. He gets a little redemption. And you know, like we've talked about, maybe he was actually kind of nice and Mia just writes Missed. him as shitty until yeah. he's very obviously trying to help her out. Yeah. And he's a but, great dancer. Yes. Yeah. He says she dances well too, which I doubt. Um, So Mia gets to go over to Michael's after the ball and she's like, prepare to be dumped. Uh, And she goes in her dress, which was kind of weird, but I guess that's anti-era. I was like, who walks out with (laughs) New York City here is still on. Seriously, it's probably worth millions and millions of dollars. And she's just like, walking the streets of nyc with it on her head but i guess she has a bodyguard so yeah lars would lars would protect her but still that is i mean whatever bold move mia you're a ding dong Mm -hmm. um always (laughs) always but yeah it it is this it's nice but it's also it's a little sad i don't know i don't it i was rereading it right before we got on um that mia is the way that she is behaving or the way that she is beha- talking to herself is a little sad. And yeah. like she's very convinced that Michael is going to break up with her. And she's, she like, it's like, it's like she's preparing herself to walk into battle, which is very dramatic, but Mia is quite dramatic. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, I just have to go in. I just have to go in there and mm-hmm. he's going to break up with me and I'm going to be so sad. And, mm-hmm. um, and she does, and she talks about it and she goes in there, like for her, it would be like brave really to go in there. And she's like talking about seeing Michael and he says she looks beautiful. And mm-hmm. she's like, I was just staring at the whatever tile on the ground and he was like all right well come on and like they go into the kitchen and he makes her a veggie burger and she's Mm -hmm. like none of this makes any sense like I don't understand what's going on um 
Only it makes perfect sense if you know you're not about to get dumped. (laughs) Exactly. It makes perfect sense if you know you're about to get dumped. But basically, Michael is just like preparing a meal for them and like walks her into this whatever room and they start watching Star Wars. And Mm -hmm. she's like, wait, what's going on? And he's like, "Uh, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm... I thought we were going on a date. Yeah, and it's just we're watching it's, Star Wars. No, we're watching Star Wars, and Mia is like, she's like, hang on, like, and then they get it all out of the way. Like, she does what she should have done, like a month ago, and said, mm-hmm. and she says, like, wait, okay, so do you love? Or she says, um, she's, I thought you were breaking up with me, and he goes, Mia, I love you. Remember, why would I want to break up with you? Now sit down bef- and eat before it gets cold. And she's like. Mm, this still feels suspicious and she's like okay (laughs) so do you love me or do you like or like love me like me as a friend or something Mm -hmm. like that and he's like no obviously I am oh and then he kisses her and what does she say she says like kissing of the French variety yeah (laughs) and it's just this and then they eat Sundays and it's really nice and so nice it's like she's like deep breath yeah and yeah it's I think it's important to note that like we all felt I'm sure felt this way like if we had a crush on somebody and had to like give them bad news it would make sense to be concerned that they would be upset but she just takes it like really far you know like she's probably projecting onto them how she would react honestly true which is super dramatic and over the top um very which isn't fair it's not for fair to project what you would do onto other people. Yeah. Um, but it is the the moon rocks um, mm-hmm. reveal. I didn't remember what the present was, so I was very excited. I kept on thinking it was a pen. It's such a good gift, right? It's such a good so gift. So good. So yeah. cute and thoughtful. Very I, mean, I was thoughtful. expecting it to be some weird, like, Genovian bust of, like, Agnes <laughs> or whatever who jumped off yeah. the whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was so good, and it, like, really matches with his personality. And, like, mm-hmm. his reaction kind of said it all, you know? He was like, oh, yeah. I'm never going to get you a birthday present. Right. He, like, didn't want to accept them. He was like, I can't yeah. I can't take this. Um, but that actually brings me to a question we got. Ooh. Uh, this is from uh, their username is Things Katie Did. Their question, would you get a significant other a sweater as a gift after mere weeks of dating? Because remember, that was the original suggestion. Mm, mm-hmm. Sweater. I think a sweater's nice. I like a sweater. I, lo- I think we talked about I love a sweater. I, I'm a big fan of sweaters. I'm a fan of big sweaters and I'm a big fan of sweaters. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, what do you think? Sweater, yay or nay? Um, unpopular opinion. Like, obviously, sweaters are a great gift, but if it's after a few weeks of dating, <laughs> is I that too much? Get them anything. I feel like a oh, sweater yeah, no. is like cash. Oh, I would. I'm no. I, I agree with Helen. I wouldn't get anyone like, anything. You're you've been dating for four months, and like Christmas rolls up, and you're like, yeah. What do I, I guess do? if you've only been you dating a, a few weeks, you could get them like a milkshake so, or something <laughs> like, you know, something really casual just to acknowledge it because by the time that it's his birthday they have been dating for like exactly one month basically yeah so um, yeah I guess any kind of gift gift is kind of hefty maybe you like just like hard take them out for lunch or something yeah 
Yeah. And then we also got a comment um, from, let's see, their username is on Twitter. The question was from Instagram. Comment from Twitter at Sydney Rasp. She says, as I reread the series, book four is just so much puppy love and infatuation that as an, quote, adult makes me feel like Lily. (laughs) Which, yeah, we sort of talked about that last episode about like all the puppy love is like a bit much. But yeah, when you're 14, you're like, it's exciting. It's and not puppy love. It's, it's real love. <laughs> <laughs> presumably, Can I it's ask that... a question? Yeah, please. please. Okay. I love cues. So, like, I was really frustrated a lot with this book because Mia was so critical of herself being, like, talentless. Mm-hmm. And she, like, is like, I don't have a talent. I'm just a princess. But in theory, don't you think being a princess is a talent? Like, hmm. the dedication, yes. practice, like... Being a good princess is a talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously you have to hone it, but I think there's mm-hmm. definitely room for it to be a talent of hers. Oh yeah. Well, it's certain. Yeah. I think her point is there's nothing that makes me special that I can excel in. Well, yeah. And she that's says- what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She says on like later or right before the reveal of what her talent is she says oh that I had some kind of outlet such as music into which to pour the suffering I am currently feeling but alas I am no artist I (laughs) I just have to sit here in silent pain while around me more gifted souls express their innermost angst through song dance and filmography so like clearly I think she's thinking more (laughs) of you know it's so dramatic Um, like a marketable yeah yeah. like but no, I, I, agree. I agree yeah mm-hmm. being a princess is because you have to you're basically the figurehead of a nation that's yeah. absolutely a talent to be able to do that mm-hmm. good question send us your questions yes yeah, send us your questions <laughs> send us some obviously we're very good at answering them hello yeah. look at what just happened um, <laughs> <laughs> on the fly Helen um, has actually I don't know do I don't think you ever kept a diary but I don't know did you um I tried to but like I never was able to like keep up with it basically that's how I was too I always wanted to I loved the idea of it but like I was always get like really bored (laughs) well Helen I found these like right after you graduated or maybe like a year or so after you graduated do you still have Helen kept all her agenda books Oh, like from school? Yeah, with all her like assignments. Isn't that, yeah, which was really, I thought it was really cool and neat because she had one for, do you still have those? Um, I don't know if I do, but like it definitely, they were like, it was weird to look back at them and be Mm -hmm. like an insight into like your life at that moment. Yeah. It's like, it didn't just have like, oh, this is due, this is due, but like, like notes and like weird stuff that I kept. It was... Mm -hmm. That's funny. So weird. Yeah. yeah. If you let us know if you have them, because that's really interesting. Yeah. If you find them, we definitely would love to hear about any of them. Well, Helen went to a smart person school. Uh, it's like one of the top 10 in the nation. Oh. Yeah. I was about uh, to ask. I couldn't remember where you went. Yeah. But like, um, I think it helps get into like Mia's mindset a little bit more with like the GNT program. Cause like, mm-hmm. I remember feeling like everyone else is so good at everything. And it was like the comparison level, which I like don't agree with now but I could totally did back then where you're constantly trying to figure out like where you fit and a bunch of people who are like very talented and very smart it was tough 
Yeah. Especially yeah. for high schoolers. God, that's mm-hmm. rough. Don't Especially watching people who are exceedingly like Lily and Michael are both geniuses. Boris is like playing sold out Carnegie Hall and she's just sitting there like, ho hum. <laughs> I have yeah. no talent. Blah, blah, blah. But that does lead us into so. Mia, of course, ends up in the bathroom yet again, two times in one fucking night. Yet again. Uh, And she's writing in the Moskowitz's bathroom, and she's like, this is so great. Michael and I love each other, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, like, I still don't have a fucking talent. I'm sad about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And... um, and then, of course, who, wait, who who knocks on the door? Lily. Lily knocks on the door and she's like, what are you doing in there, you weirdo? Like, get out of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, she and then, says, there's oh, yeah. a quote at the bottom of that first paragraph. Lily says, do you mean to say you've been in here for the past hour writing in your journal? Yeah, when she, yeah. Mia says, which I'll admit is a little weird, but I couldn't help it. I was so happy I had to write it down. Um, and then Lily's like, so you still don't know what your talent is? And Mia's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lily Nuh-uh. still doesn't tell her. <laughs> and she goes and talks to Michael. And Michael is like, you're a I writer. Obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you fool. You were just in the bathroom for half an hour writing yeah but that does oh wait that and she and she is clear and she is clearly creative because she comes up with michael's band name yes Um, skinner box skinner box yeah and for a pretty creative reason yeah it's clever um his dog's name is pavlov and oh shit i looked up what a skinner box was does she say what it is yeah it's like like a there's uh, rats involved yeah it's like a training oh wait i found it uh, which is the thing, it's like which the which is this thing this one psychologist used on all these rats and pigeons to prove there's such a thing as a conditional response hmm. um so yeah like clearly she's creative and clearly yeah. she's like just uh, she's just bad at figuring out what things are sometimes yeah <laughs> which but- maybe is good for a writer because she can just let the story happen yes i don't know meg let us know let us know, Meg. Um, yeah, but Michael tells her what her talent is, and she's like, oh. <laughs> um, and, you know, agrees with him. And, of course, I wonder, like, if somebody else had told her, would she have been like, yes, or would she have just been mm-hmm. like, no, I just have a journal. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. a writer. You know, is it de- is it based on who the message was from, or is it based on what the actual message is? Um, no, I think you're absolutely right, actually. Yeah. I think you're totally right. <laughs> Thanks. And she also says she knew that Tell Drink of Water was about her. She mentions that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, is, which nice. is cute. Yeah. Yeah. And she said it made, she said it was very vixen of me or something. Uh, when yeah, she says, she, after she like says, like, you could just write me another song, which I thought oh, was yeah. vixen esque of me or something like that, which I was, thought was funny that she was like, I'm a vixen. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a vixen. Um, or just write me another song. <laughs> um but yeah that that kind of that brings us to a close like Michael and Mia are happy Mia finds mm-hmm. out that she does in fact have a talent um yes. she had to be told it but it counts <laughs> yes. indeed maybe not in Lily's mind but it counts yeah it counts to us so that's uh that's our that's our plot thoughts 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 are there any thoughts, favorite thoughts. lines that we didn't go over I have two 
Um, I'll read mine really quick. Yeah, please. Um, On page 176, Mia says, apparently even perfect boys like Michael are immune to things like mood. (laughs) When she's talking about Michael not caring about like Tina getting dumped or whatever. That's really um, funny. And then she says on page 201, this is my only other one. She says um, about Grammaire, she looks like Diana Ross, only with no eyebrows and old and white. She's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Uh, the only one I didn't get to was when, um, when Mia has her grand idea to invite Michael to the ball. Mm-hmm. And she's presenting this to Grandmare, and Grandmare thinks that she's saying that she wants to bring Helen to the ball, and she goes, uh, "Like she's not gonna have a good time for one thing. For one thing, there will be no other hippie radicals there." <laughs> yes, though I laughed at that too. <laughs> I love how much she and Helen like talk shit about her. Right? Other. It's so rude. There won't be any hippie radicals there. <laughs> uh, Helen, what were your line? What, what were your favorites? Oh, well, this, like, whole book, she's, like, constantly obsessed with, like, Blue Crush, you know? Um, yes. Yes. Bosworth. And I'm like, what? What is your obsession here? And then she's like, I can't even, like, weave friendship bracelets out of, like, <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, what? I can't even weave. <laughs> Which, yeah. I guess, Helen, you're, pre- you're definitely too young to have seen that when it came out. But, yeah, uh... I, I looked it up, but I don't okay. think I've seen it. Have you ever seen it? You've never seen it? Classic. Oh, wait, this might be kind of a funny bookend about, well, because, you know, Boo Daddy and I, our grandfather, uh, I always went to movies with him. (laughs) (laughs) I also went to movies with him. I can't remember. Did you also go to, okay, I didn't know if that was all of us, but so (laughs) did you ever see any movies that like probably were not age appropriate? Um, No, because I was definitely like a little, like I was a child, like we saw The Incredibles but like okay <laughs> Prince was also a child but- I was also a child but I rec- I would always request the movies I wanted to go see I'd be like no oh. I want to go see this movie right now please <laughs> thank you tell her about the one we talked about so apparently Jordan this blue this Jordan the funniest line, thing I've ever Boo Daddy <laughs> took me to go see Coyote Ugly when you were like seven <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. He also took me to see Inside Man. That was the first time I ever heard the C word. That's a good movie. Well, it's a Francis movie. took me to my first rated R okay. movie. Helen, you talk. This what was so it? Dramatic. Wait, what was it? <laughs> it was like Law Abiding Citizen. Oh, God. That movie's terrifying. Yeah, it was. That movie like messed me up. Uh, I well, saw it when I was 17. I and remember I was both scared. of us couldn't get in because both of us weren't 17. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we were going to go see another movie, we but were it was see like the pirate radio, and then it was like they did. They had changed the times and hadn't told anyone. Where I don't know if we should keep all this. I might just put it at the end. But, <laughs> but no, they wouldn't. They like carded you, and then they carded me, and I was like, I physically don't have a card. You can't. You look at me. I'm thirteen. Law-abiding citizens. I don't have my passport on rated me. R. What? It had to have been. That's Law what Biden. she's saying, right? Yeah, it was. But we went to Cinnabar, and so they didn't check because they don't care. Oh, oh well, that's I nice. Can, yeah, I worked there for a very long time. I can confirm. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's really funny. But it was a good movie. Yeah, someone gets shot through their ear with a cell phone. <laughs> the beginning of that movie, like... 
it was it a lot. terrified me. Helen's very sensitive. <laughs> I mean, like in a good way. Like she has like, she, I am not, I'm bad about like being a good person. And Helen is a very empathetic, good, <laughs> No, that's like, wrong. Person. I just really like bad movies. And by bad, I mean like rom-coms. Same. <laughs> Almost exclusively. I always want to watch like the light, happy, crappy movies and not like the good, sad movies. Like, I don't want to watch Gangs of New York. Like, I want to watch Bride Wars. (laughs) (laughs) This is my curse. Sorry, tying this back, I found my other favorite quote. It's when, like, Mia is, like, just kind of, like, ragging on her mom, being like, I can't believe she found two men who, like, love her. (laughs) Yes. Her dating advice is so bad. Yeah, she's like, my mom doesn't understand anything when actually her mom is giving her very sound advice. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Mia really thinks there's only been two men? Yeah. <laughs> She's had two boyfriends ever. Yeah. Yeah. That is really funny. I didn't Precious. even that, that, Yeah. That was pretty naive of her to say. Yeah. Two? Wow. What a slut. Two whole men. Um, Francis, I don't know if you hear that. I'm getting some some I'm some, some interference. <laughs> uh uh, I think it might be about that time. I think it might be the pop culture machine. I think it is the pop culture machine. Uh and it is again popping hefty. because the hefty quite, section. Quite a few. So we'll rapid fire through it. Yeah, I'm just gonna like read through a bunch and I'll make some I'll just like note a few. Um, so she talks about Charmed, which is, um, I almost said Aaron Sorkin. It's Aaron Spelling production. (laughs) (laughs) Not an Aaron Sorkin. Uh, but then they talk about Rose McGowan, who, and they say they, like, liked her halter top or something, but I, Hmm, I have a video I might send to you. She came to a rap party last year that I was at, and she sang Betty Davis Eyes, um, and Hmm. I recorded it, and I walked into the rap party, and and she wasn't in the movie, she but I walked into the rap party and I was she like was just like lady. in the area well, I was like that that lady looks like Rose McGowan like, <laughs> went to the bar and then I like my friend was there and I was like that lady looks like Rose McGowan and they're like that is Rose McGowan you idiot you idiot <laughs> um, she's at the party but yeah no she was like friends with the director so they like had flown her <laughs> in to bumfuck nowhere North Carolina um that's and interesting then, they talk about Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. saying that right, but she's in Resident Evil. Albert Einstein. We know him. Jonas Salk. Oh, oh my God. Wait. Okay. This is, I'm going to, Jonas Salk did, invent, uh, created, invented the polio vaccine. Right. We could, we should bring him back now. Uh, in fact, perhaps he could help us with COVID. For but real. So, um, that that reminded me of a I put a quote that I meant sorry I meant to say it in our favorite quotes and I totally forgot she has a quote that says but I can tell you the mood of this year so far has been pretty bad in fact <laughs> if things don't start looking up soon I may have to write the entire year off as a do-over <laughs> yes topical <laughs> how appropriate anyway so she says Mozart we know who that is Madame de Pompadour was the consort of uh Louis the 15th um she there's a really the only reason i know about her is because there's a really awesome doctor who episode that she's in check it out um jane austen we know her pride and prejudice we love it kurt cobain was uh murdered by his wife uh empire records came out in 1995 it's really good if you haven't seen it Liv tyler's in it pretty Mm -hmm. woman 1990 classic um gary marshall directed that Ah. um tremors I've never seen it. it. Came out 1990. Twister, 1996. I think Dennis Quaid is in Dennis that one. Dennis Quaid is here. Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out in 2000. I thought it came out in the 60s. Gladiator, oh. great movie. 
came out in 2000 moulin rouge don't you love that movie no no do you hate it or do you have any used to i watched it recently and i didn't hate it as much okay i I I was indifferent about it kind of like the music but it's sad it is very, well, it's very I don't sad. like, like it. Yeah, that's why Mia yeah. doesn't like it because she heard someone dies in it. Um, yeah. We talked about Princess Margaret. Um, it, she's the sister of Queen Elizabeth II, and mm-hmm. she's a wild, wild lady. Um, mm-hmm. So she brings up the Jungian tree. Carl Jung is a like, I guess he's kind of like a philosopher as well as like a therapist, not a therapist, like he's a like a psychologist um, or something. And like, he's like Freud, right? Like, kind, yeah. 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 Um, but it's like, I don't even, I'm not fucking self-actualized y'all just google it. There's like a, there's a, there's a pyramid and basically it just goes through ego. And like, we've talked a little bit about it in high school. I remember this. Um, but Fun fact, side note, I'm working on a show called Outer Banks and I just bought a bunch of his books for one of the sets. So if you're watching it and you so see cool. <laughs> and you see any. Wait, what do you know what episode number it might be in? I think it's in four. Episode five. four of season two of Outer Banks. Yeah. Look for the Freud books. It's when they're just bought them. Just kidding. I'm not gonna say that. Wow, that was a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> no oh. spoilers. Ep- well, episode four. That's not a spoiler, right? Just saying like what episode the books are in. Yeah, I know what I was about to say. I was oh, okay. about to say a spoiler. Um, no, we uh, don't talk about spoilers ever. Francis no, no, no. Has I've never, never in my life anything um, <laughs> except for the Freud books. <laughs> I mean, the Young books. <laughs> oh my god, the Carl Young um, books. Uh, and then when um, they're when they're in the staircase with Tina after she's been broken up with, they talk about Elizabeth kubler ross's five stages of grief she was a swiss american mm. psychologist um her like most the where she came up with the or where she expands on them is in her book on death and dying that came out in 1969 mm. which i would have thought the five stages of grief were older but good to know yeah. andre agassi he did crack um team. he also okay. played tennis more famously he played tennis oh. but in his bu- in his in his book though he talks about doing crack which is i thought was weird um tennis and crack mm-hmm. that's what he's most known for cool. um i mean same <laughs> um lily and mia do like a list of tv rerun shows <laughs> yeah about, yeah we t- we've talked about seventh heaven we've talked about a bunch of the shows they talked mm-hmm. about but we've talked about seventh heaven um they talked about a show called pop stars which is a yeah British, i don't know that show it was british i don't know how they were watching it especially in the early 2000s because it was literally on from hmm. um january 2001 to march 2001 it sounded like, like american idol it, yeah. it was yeah it was pretty similar but they basically just construct a pop group or maybe a pop star whatever. oh like making the band kind of yeah but it was only on for three months guys like literally it was so yeah um, well, this book must have been writing written right in that sweet spot <laughs> yeah um they talk about sabrina baywatch we've talked about both of those before they talked about Powerpuff Girls, which is a great show. Roswell. Um, They remade that recently. They did. Okay, so I was going to note that. Like, half of these shows have been remade or rebooted in some Mm. way. Um, That's kind of interesting. Buffy, Gilmore Girls, and Charmed, which they've remade Charmed. They did a reboot of Gilmore Girls. I'm pretty sure they're rebooting Powerpuff Girls. Um, 
Sabrina, they rebooted. Roswell, Mm -hmm. they rebooted. I wish they would reboot Buffy. That would be awesome. Oh, I looked this up. The Magno line, I think. The Helen. Maginot line. Maginot. I was going to make Helen say it because she, oh, she knows French. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the Maginot line. It was built during World War One to keep Germany out. It didn't work very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she talks about John Don the Bait. Or, well, that's one of her assignments is that she's reading um, John Don the Bait, which we read a John Don poem um, in high school called for whom the bell tolls um but the bait is like just a really lovely romantic poem um and then uh she talks about that that song audrey hepburn sang in the movie about tiffany's um which is called moon river and it's an amazing song and i actually went to a wedding earlier this year where the bride walked down the aisle to that song and it was really lovely lovely they talk about valley girl which was also just remade recently but under a different name but um uh, the hairbook attack of the 50 foot woman crossing delancy i don't know the lancy yeah i don't know what that is either it was yeah i just looked up the year it came out um 1988 um and then michael is wearing a shirt that has the boomtown rats on it they're this really sick punk band from dublin sick and they sing the song i don't like mondays which is about that school shooting god um well they're a punk band (laughs) yep punk oh i uh i was about to say you missed missed one that i would love to point out which one maury povich (laughs) we've talked about maury povich no but she says uh she's talking about not obsessing about michael being in love blah 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 remember lots of girls have no boyfriend at all or they have really gross ones with no front teeth like on maury povich (laughs) Yeah, no, I normally will skip ones that we've talked about a gotcha. few times. Um, Sorry, that the one ones was important I, to me. I love more. No, you're good. <laughs> the, the one I couldn't, that I couldn't read my handwriting. Oh, it was Romantic Heroines. Oh, um, it was the, just yeah. it was the list, but like we've already right. kind of gone over that. Um, cool, cool. But oh, I'm out of breath. That, that was, was lovely. The well things. done. Thank you. Thank you for that. I feel like I have more knowledge now than I did before. I mean, and I do. Yeah. Um, in terms of social norms, I actually had a couple. Um, Lily saying that cheerleading is sexist and not a sport. I thought that was kind of shitty because yeah. cheerleading is a sport and yeah. it's not sexist. I mean, some people can make it sexist, but it inherently is not sexist. Um, yeah. And it is a sport. It's a very challenging sport. And Lily's just being a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I think that goes back, though, to like the like high school feminism and it's yeah. kind of hard to like when you're younger reconcile all the mm-hmm. like yeah you're like well no they're being exploited i know they are yeah like well nope they're there by choice um right. <laughs> the mia also says that boys like girls with longer hair i didn't like that because i don't think your hair length should matter yeah that's just another like dumbass high yeah. school thing yeah And then Lily makes a tacky bulimic joke about Mia being in the bathroom for half an hour writing in her journal. Yeah. Which again, again, we try. Yeah. It's to be in the early 2000s again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But that was all I noted. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't note any other than, than those as well. Cool. Cool. Did you notice anything, Helen? Or were there like things that you, any pop culture references that you like had to look up other than blue crush because you were just, (laughs) <laughs> so much younger than us so young um actually not really i mean a lot of the 
like there was one it was like the 50 foot lady I think you said um some of like the movies and stuff I didn't really get but I don't think it like hindered anything I thought it was funny Michael uses a game boy like <laughs> oh yeah um I mean for the most part I thought it was pretty on point um oh so when she's talking about Roswell, the TV show, mm-hmm. she like likes any point they make out in the eraser room, which I think is dated because, well, what is it, an eraser room? And second of all, we don't use I think that's anymore. part of the show. I don't know for certain though. I haven't watched it since I was a very small child, but I think that's like a, a part of the show. Like, I think that's like a, a thing because oh, they're okay. like, in, like, yeah, Roswell has to do with like aliens and stuff. So I think that's like a very like specific, like nod to the show. Um, gotcha. But I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't they, like literally. Like, <laughs> no, I don't think it has to do with chalk erasers. <laughs> I was like, we don't use chalk anymore. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, I think this would be a good time to move on to our biggest bully. Yeah. Which we, you go first, because I think I changed my mind. I think it's Grammaire, because she's not necessarily bullying, like, stand up straight, your skirt's ugly, you know, (laughs) like, I hate your hair. But she's extremely manipulative. Yeah, like she's a manipulative bully. Like she mm-hmm. manipulates the crap out of Mia for her own personal gains. Uh, and I think that that's not cool. Which in this too is a the whole book. And I that is why I think I changed my mind because I think you're absolutely right. Because throughout the whole book, Grandmare spends just like she spends the whole time manipulating her in small ways yeah and then it kind of like comes to a head toward the end and Mm -hmm. her plan is eventually foiled but I I think I agree with you that Grandmare is the biggest bully of this book her plan Um, isn't even really foiled (laughs) like she basically gets what she wants yeah like she Um, does she gets what she wants yeah but I feel like she would have like tried to make if if the night had gone on and she had had some more champagne um she would have like f- tried to force Mia and Renee to like have a photo op with a kiss or something. Oh yeah, I just think it's so frustrating that she is so manipulative and like so dramatic about it. like mm-hmm. she like literally threw a tantrum in her like suite at the plaza or whatever and was like. <gasps> like yeah. <laughs> anymore like oh and she's so immature which I think is frustrating because like she's literally like the jowager queen come mm-hmm. on yeah no yeah, yeah. yeah okay well I'm glad we're all in agreement on this one that agreed grammar you a bitch grammar you a bitch <laughs> I think I changed my mind I think she's more of a, a yizma from emperor's new group <laughs> like I think that's how I want to see her now, especially with the accent you keep doing. Like, <laughs> my new, like, yeah, kind of image of her. Oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Well, and of that. course, we cannot talk about bullying mm. without talking about the roast <laughs> of Boris Polkowski. <laughs> uh, so there were a couple in this one. On page 116, Mia says, Boris got out his violin and started started playing a concerto, sadly not in the supply closet because <laughs> they still haven't put the door back on. Um, and then 
in page 161 when she's IMing Michael, Michael mentions <laughs> Boris being in the band and Mia has a freaking conniption about it. Which is insane. <laughs> he's a Yeah, per- he's a he's, musician. Yeah, he's six or th- he's 14 and a professional musician. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want him in your band? You but he's a mouth breather. Yeah. <laughs> he's a mouth breather. She says, all I can say is, if I had a band, I would not let Boris in it. I mean, I know he's a talented musician and all, but he's also a mouth breather. <laughs> I think it's great that he and Lily get along so great and for short periods of time i can totally put up with him and even have a nice time with him and all but i would not let him be in my band not unless he stopped hugging his sweater into his pants those are the only two things she can say about him is that he's a mouth breather and he tucks his sweater into his pants yeah and she just has latched on to that so hard she's just a bitch yeah <laughs> like it yeah boris. she is it Poor makes boris. no sense it's yeah it's boris is delightful team boris Yes, I yeah, because he's a nice boyfriend. He's a good guy. He's He's kind of weird and annoying, but like whatever. Like he's even. Yeah, he's kind of yeah. He's just a mouth breather. He says funny things. Lily think he's annoying. Like I couldn't get Lily's read on him. I think Lily thinks everyone's annoying. I was about to say that Lily thinks (laughs) everyone's annoying. Yeah, but she she doesn't she doesn't mind him because he um. He does what she wants him to. He kind of worships her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does so, worship her. Yeah, which makes, again, I mean, he, he's a good boyfriend. Yes. But, yeah, I, but yeah, that was kind of, that was the only Boris ones I had. Um, and we have, so now I guess, like, we can, we should move on to our winners and losers. Yes, let's do our loser and our winner. Which I have changed my mind about, or no, we have the same loser. Yeah. Mia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this book is just not a good look for Mia. Like, she's she's not growing in this book, I feel like. Yeah. Much. She's still uh, really in her own head with all her bizarro, made-up problem scenarios. And doesn't... I guess at the very end, she redeems herself a little bit. But overall, I think she just is kind of the worst character in this book. Because she's just a... she's just hurting her own self by being so crazy yeah no I agree I definitely agree that Mia is the loser in this book uh for all the reasons you said yeah and it's I guess we do later on we do get to see her grow out of this yeah thought spiral but yeah this moment it's not going great for her no do you Hella do you agree or um, yeah, I think she is probably the loser in terms of, it's just, like, frustrating at times to, like, get through her, her, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of freakouts and spirals, which, again, are relatable as a 14-year-old, but, like, you know, writing a YA book, I kind of wish there was more, like, confidence building or, like, mm-hmm. just a, hmm. something in place where, like, you know, instead of making, internalizing, like, sorry having the readers internalize some of Mia's thoughts I think it'd be helpful if there was just a way that maybe there's like more of an epiphany or like Mm -hmm. you know some like even like her mom or like Mr. G's like words of wisdom to kind of help like pull her out of kind of her right kind of like pity and like self-deprecation kind of yeah, that's a good point. I agree. I do think you get a lot more of that later in the books. Like, there's a lot more active um, problem solving and like confidence building. But in this book in particular, I think she's just very down on herself and very um, passive. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, 
so yeah okay mia you suck um uh but we have differing winners yes i chose grammaire because uh grammaire is sitting pretty really throughout this book she gets exactly what she wants really in her own ruthless ways and doesn't really have to compromise because she gets exactly what she wants by being the ruthless queen that she is um (laughs) you know she gets to make it look like renee and mia are a couple she gets mia to the ball like it it just goes well for her that that's my opinion yeah and i i think that the winner of this book is renee (laughs) and i i think it is purely because we get to see a nice arc from him and we got true we get to see him like kind of come around and be like all right i'll help you out dude yeah we'll be friends we'll be cousins and like also we get to see that he's not really he's not down to be a pawn Mm -hmm. for grammar um and he gets a little bit of street cred from getting a photo (laughs) op with the princess and then he also gets to like dance with another hottie and Mm -hmm. he just gets to go gallivanting around america like i feel like he just overall his life is he's he's doing great he's doing yeah he's doing, he's great. doing great but that's yeah i don't know i don't know who the winner is like i don't <laughs> it was tough book. for this one yeah like they, i, I want to say michael but i don't know what he won because he didn't go through any like triumphs anyway like you know there was yeah but like i also kind of want to say mia because she had a great first date you know yeah there like, definitely could be an argument made for that side of it as well like she asked him for what you wanted like are you in love with me or not and you know I I could see that argument too I also I thought it was funny when um Lily was talking to Tina about the five stages of grief and she was like Yasmin probably Frenches on the first date and I was like before her first date you know when yeah. she's at the um cro- the dance with Michael doesn't yes. just like girl diversity dance. No, yeah. it's the it's the non-denominational winter dance. Oh, you're right. I'm yes. sorry. She yes. kisses Josh yes. at the cultural diversity dance. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're exactly right. Um, okay, no, that's so, a great point. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's a really good point. All right. So we have a lot of options. I don't think, I don't know if we're ever going to like, our, do we don't have to just nail down one, do we? No. Are we good with just being I like, like this arguments. is what, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, we're not good. friends anymore, but we can definitely. No, yeah. This podcast <laughs> is over now, but we'll end it like yeah on this note that's good um no but so I guess that kind of that draws us to the end of book four yes um so at the end of each book we do like to um give a nice royal wave to a charity or an organization um Mm -hmm. to donate to this week we chose feeding america feeding america is the nation's largest domestic hunger relief organization thanks to donations and support from businesses government organizations and individuals like you the feeding america network of food banks pantries and meal programs serve virtually every community in the united states 40 million people, including 12 million children and 7 million seniors. Um, so go check out their website. It's feedingamerica.org. It's super easy to donate. You can do reoccurring donations, um, mm-hmm. especially right now. Like people are still really feeling the effects of COVID. Obviously, yes. this will be released kind of later on. But I mean, we know we know that people are not doing as well as they could be. And sometimes they just need a little bit of help. So go ahead and click that button. Um Helen, 
Do you have a charity or organization that you would like to tell people about? Well, as it is the 1st of November and um, in honor of, I guess, Prince Philippe, Philippe, um, (laughs) we should probably go with testicular cancer, right? Love it. How have we not thought of this? I mean... (laughs) It's an important cause. We just came off of like, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. We got to move into this. Yeah, I agree. Equality. So, uh, is there an organization specifically <laughs> in support of <laughs> testicular <laughs> cancer <laughs> research? On it. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's like, pretty easy. Yeah, there's an easy Testicular cancer charity. <laughs> Donate to fight cancer. What is most testicular impressive? cancer society? Okay, there we go. Testicular cancer society. Go testicularcancersociety.org. <laughs> oh my money. gosh, their homepage says we know balls. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great marketing. I love that. That's awesome. Actually, Helen, would you say that's great marketing? You're the professional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very catchy. I'd approve. Very catchy. Um. Oh, the survival rate is 99% if, percent if, if diagnosed it's early. early yeah. Which actually, okay, so this is like total sidebar then, but my I, a friend of a friend's son got testicular cancer when he was 19. Oh, or God, no, he was how awful. I know. And it was, um, it was caught very, very late. And thankfully they caught it before it went to his brain, but he has, this was like two years ago and now he is like fully in remission. Um, But yeah, it's very important. you like, you need to start checking like, like women, like I had a- Do exams. Yeah. Like I had a breast tumor when I was in high school that I had- Yes, I remember that. Yeah. It was non-cancerous. So it was fine. But like, as you need to start checking yourself out, Mm -hmm. it's not embarrassing. It's important. It's part of normal everyday health. Yep. Um, so on that happy note, uh, <laughs> do self exams, do self exams. And also why don't you, while you're doing exams, think about questions you would like to ask us. Uh, you can contact us about the podcast. <laughs> yes. yeah. I'm glad Ellen's specified. Think about questions you like to ask us about the podcast. We can't give you advice, answer your questions no about your no. self exam. <laughs> That's very true. You're right. You're absolutely right. Ask us questions about the podcast. You can like, you can uh, look us up on Facebook uh, under the podcast diaries, on Instagram under the podcast diary one, Twitter, the podcast diary. Um, you can send us a whole entire email under the at the podcast diary at gmail.com. And if you want to give us give our website a look, it's the podcast diaries.com and you can see all of these links and find out a little bit about us mm-hmm. and well, find all yeah. the links to where we are streaming. Yeah. And, and so the next book we are going to be reading, we're very excited. It's our first mini novel. It is going to be princess lessons so next episode will be all about that fabulous book we're excited it's kind of a fun one yeah um and uh i guess now all there is to do is uh thank helen for being yes, here thank you for joining us. us yeah i'm so excited yes, and it's so fun to talk with friends about the books yes um and all that's left to do is say a royal goodbye to you and to you bye bye